live life with no regrets. <laughs> I'm just incredibly lucky. <laughs> Let me be who I want to be. Every single thing happens for a reason. I'm grateful to have legs. Hello and welcome back to the Bull Happiness Podcast. Now today I'm joined, joined with James Mulvaney, who is the CEO and founder of Podcast Core, Radio Core and Matchmaker.fm. Now today, obviously, we do love to talk about happiness, but we're also going to try and get as much value from James as possible. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his story on why he started these things and what value he can add to us today. So James, would you be able to tell us a little bit about why you actually began all these kind of radio podcast things? Yeah, sure. This is a question I've been asked quite a few times recently. So basically, my story is back when I was growing up, 16, 17 years old, I always loved music. I always loved listening to the radio. And uh, I was going, looking at going into a career as like a DJ. Um, uh, so I started kind of getting work experience at radio stations and uh, doing some like shows. And I think when I was even younger than that, when I was like a kid, I used to take myself and play it back and all that kind of thing. So mm-hmm bit of a nerdy kid and then I was also at the same time quite interested in learning how to build websites you know I taught myself basics of like html and photoshop uh really straight out of school and and sort of started hustling online really you know I got a paypal account on my 16th birthday and I was like right let's go out there and make some money while all my friends were going getting part-time jobs doing paper rounds or working at mcdonald's I thought you know there's got to be a better thing to do than this so Mm. that's kind of really how I got involved in it and went off to university and uh and used those four years to really kind of sort of take take my business to a level where you know it was it was actually generating revenue and and it meant that when i graduated i didn't have to go off and work for someone else and i could kind of continue growing the business and that's kind of like that's it in a nutshell uh, you know from those those early days so obviously things have changed quite a lot since then you know i have um you know quite a big team working with me now and uh you know running three different companies, three different websites, two different companies. So lots going on now. That's impressive. So how long have you been doing this all together? So, I mean, I'm, well, I'm 32 now. So I've, I've been basically been doing business in all sorts for like 15 years now. So I'd really no, never known any difference. But uh, the, the current two businesses, I launched Radio.co five years ago, uh, 2015. And uh, Podcast.co we launched last year. So it's just over a year old. Mm-hmm. And what is the mission with those? Like, what's your aim? Really to connect people together using audio. You know, I think audio's been overlooked for the past, you know, obviously with the sort of YouTube revolution that came around in like the late 2000s, early 2010, uh, and obviously Instagram and everything, you know, now audio, I think, is starting to have this big resurgence. So Mm. um, interestingly, podcasts have grown, you know, significantly over the past couple of years. I think more and more people are getting engaged with the medium and it's, it's a really easy thing to get into. Like you don't have to go and spend a lot of money on equipment and it's really some, something that anyone could do. You know, you, anyone can record themselves or record themselves interviewing someone else like we're doing now and put their sort of message out there to the world and hopefully inspire others in doing so. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. So what would you say is the message that you want to get out there and how do you want to inspire others? Well, I, you know, I think it's great to, to tell, tell your story. I think when I was, 16 17 you know there was no there was really no content out there on the internet back then uh because it was like pre just about pre-youtube days um so it wasn't easy to go out and sort of learn from other entrepreneurs i sort of had to figure it out really as i went along and i think you know the the more people that you can kind of share your story with 
you, you know, if you could just inspire one person and make a difference to one person's life, I think it's worth it, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. That's good. That's good. That's solid. So, okay. So with Podcast Call, yeah. how are you looking to actually impact podcasters? So let's say I have no idea what a podcast, well, I have no idea what a podcast is, but I have no idea how about how to go about actually starting my own. What yeah. kind of guidance would you give to someone who's in that situation? Yeah, sure. Good question. I mean, we've always been very, very content led. So everything we do is backed up by really good quality content. So whether that's blog posts and articles or, you know, lots of videos. So if we, if you have a look on our website, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, a publishing site in itself because there's so much content basics to say like how to write a script for your podcast or, you know, how to go out and record remotely or, you know, how to um, edit your first sort of episode together. So we're always, we've always been firm believers that, you know, if you can provide value to a marketplace, um, you know, you'll have customers for life. Hmm. That's some good business advice as well there. Yeah. No, okay, okay, that's solid. And what about growing from there? So you start putting out a lot of content and let's say you're not getting that much traction. How would you go, then go about trying to build up what you have? That's a good question. I mean, I think, the, the, it, one of the tricks actually we, before we launched podcast.co before we launched the platform we were obviously working on the the actual software side of things for a year or so before we took it to market so we used that year to really start growing the content and growing the brand we didn't have anything to sell but we just focused purely on you know setting the website up starting to write content starting to create videos um so we could kind of get our foot in the door in terms of you know it's quite a saturated market there's plenty of competitors out there for us mm. for podcasting um, but you know, if we can establish ourselves as kind of a go-to resource or an authority for people who are looking to get into podcasting and we can do that before, you know, actually launching the product, well, then we've already got a captivated audience that we can start selling the product to. Uh, so, so sometimes with these, these kind of businesses, you know, you have to be in it for long term, and things don't always happen overnight. You know, I think you've got to, um, we were working on the content for a year, as I say, without selling anything before before we decided to before we were in a position where we could actually launch the product mm -hmm. so um you've, you've got to just be be sort of thinking ahead and thinking rather than like oh you know if i just create one video or create one blog post everyone's going to come flocking to me because of course it doesn't work like that you know you've got to stick at things and be be consistent at what you're doing as well yeah so what kind of values did you learn over that year when you weren't making any money you weren't really um you didn't really see any direct profits from what you were doing. Well, it was just about, well, two things really. Firstly, obviously, you know, you're building, you're building a, a marketing list, you know, email list, and uh, you know, you're getting website traffic. So you know that when you, you launch a product, you've already got some traction there in the marketplace, <clears throat> excuse me. But the second thing I think is also um, being able to actually use those users to get feedback. So before we launched a product, we put a uh, public beta version on the site. So anyone can sign up and trial it for free. Uh, and, and we use that period to really gain valuable feedback from, from people who were, you know, obviously our target audience. And I think that's really useful as well, especially if you're doing a software product, um, you know, you need to be driven by what people want versus what you think is right sometimes. Yeah, no, that's good. That's very true. I think that goes for all aspects of business as well. It doesn't make a difference what your product is it always has to be kind of how is the customer benefiting from this? Yeah. That is important. Hmm. 
Okay, okay. So just to kind of switch this back to happiness now, yeah. how did you actually feel when you were going through that year? Is it something that you really enjoyed and that's why you're passionate about and could keep up? Or is it something, is it something where you had your down days and you're like, oh, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's going to actually get any results. Yeah, it's interesting you asked that. So, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have your ups and you have your downs. It's just like any other job. You know, I sometimes, a lot of friends will say to me, oh, you know, you work for yourself. That's great. It means you can have all the time off in the world and do what you want. Well, that's kind of true. But then, of course, you know, you have to put a lot of hard work into things as well. And, you know, you can sometimes, you know, you have to, you're responsible for ultimately for, for you know, paying all of your team, which is a lot of responsibility for one. And if things aren't going to plan, um, that's also on your shoulders. So it's just like any role, you know, sometimes, some days you think, oh yeah, this is brilliant. And other days you, you're kind of stressing out or um, you, you know, perhaps not, things aren't going your way and, and it, you know, you don't always feel 100% happy about things. But the, I believe you've got, you're firmly in control. So you have the ability to change that. So, you know, you've got to try and be proactive, especially when you're a new business. Uh, yeah, like for example, I think probably the start of this year, we weren't quite getting there in terms of the numbers of customers we were signing up. So you have to sort of sit down, reevaluate things and think, okay, what can we do differently to, to get this trajectory in the right direction? Um, and then when you start seeing those results happen, I think that's massively rewarding. And that, that's when you sort of think, oh, actually, we, yeah, we, we've, we're making a difference here. And the, we've made, we, we might not have had a, the best sort of start of things, but you know, you can kind of change and improve and reiterate throughout the process. So yeah, I, I'd say, you know, it, you've got to try and as well become a good leader. So sometimes part of the trick, I think, of being an entrepreneur or a good business leader is even if you're not 100% happy one day or you don't feel like things are going your way, you've got to try and instill confidence in the team. Mm. So, you know, that's really important. So, uh, you know, it, it, it can become a, become a challenge sometimes. But, you know, ultimately, the, the only way you've got to go is forward. So you've got to try and overcome those obstacles. That's very true. That's very true. I do feel like there's a lot of people nowadays who think, oh, entrepreneur, that sounds like a really easy lifestyle yeah, where yeah. you just go in, you'll make some money and then you get out and then you retire when you're 30 years old. Yeah. But I'm sure you can tell us from your own experience <laughs> that that's just not the case. <laughs> no, it's not. But, you know, that, you, you know, there are, there are rewards once you just start, if you have a, if you build a business that starts doing well, um, you know, it can be financially rewarding, but you have what well, I think they don't, people don't see you know, they watch these YouTubers driving around in flash cars and living in big houses. And it's all quite a lot of the time for show. But what you don't see sometimes is the hard work that goes into that beforehand. Mm. Um, and, you know, I live kind of a relatively normal lifestyle. Like I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't I sort of show off or like flash the cash. I'm not like popping bottles in clubs or anything like that, <laughs> you know. But uh, I, I think, I think, you know, you, you ultimately as an entrepreneur, you know, it is hard work sometimes. But then again, you know, when you get to a level where, um, you're in a position where you can start hiring people that can be a massive benefit as well because you know when I started out it was just me on my own for probably the first five years um, and then I, when I started hiring people that actually allowed me to grow the business a lot more because I could focus on the bigger picture so I think sometimes when you're starting out you're kind of trying to do so many different things at once that you kind of lose sight of the the, the overall sort of direction you should be going in um, so, so that's kind of an important thing as well. I think you need to sort of try and progress uh, professionally from, from that position where, you know, you start out, you're doing everything on your own, you need to start thinking, right, what can I delegate to someone else? Either be a full-time member of staff 
or you know hiring a freelancer or using you know another company to provide that service so you can then think right what's the bigger picture here so how how did you go about that person and how would you recommend someone else does if let's say they don't necessarily have the funding that they like to have it's a good question well there's a few different things you can do um you could either if you're starting out and you're in your very early days you could find a co-founder so for example, if you've got a great idea for a product or an app, but you don't know how to actually build that product or an app, uh, you know, you're not, you don't, you don't write code yourself. But you, there's two things you can do. You can either learn to code yourself, which, you know, some people can do, some people can't. I sort of did that in the early days. You know, I learned a bit of code. Don't write any code now. haven't done for, for a few years, but it kind of gave me that good understanding of the technical aspect. Or the other thing is you could go out and find someone who does know how to code. And as long as you can get them to, sufficiently buy into your idea and you know they're they're keen to to sort of have that entrepreneurial and take that entrepreneurial flair and take that risk you know use them as a co-founder and protect you know then effectively you're identifying your strengths and weaknesses and i think that's what it's about as well like you need to see what am i really good at and what am i not so good at and, and focus on the things that you are really good at and either delegate the stuff that you're not so good at to other people or, or try and find a partner to work with, you know, to complete that kind of part of the puzzle. That's really good advice. Cause I'm, I'm personally, I'm in quite a few different projects at the moment yeah. and finding teams and actually building them up helps so much when it comes to it and actually helping them even just grow them because when you can delegate things and people have this specific skill set, you'll see yes. that area progress a lot more. So, yeah what kind of lessons have you learned? Cause you said you've got quite a big team, right? Yeah. There's about 33 people across both companies. Oh, that's impressive. So yeah. how have you um, kind of dealt with managing them and making sure that one, everyone can see a clear vision of what it's about and two, making sure that people feel engaged with that vision. Well, we have, um, you know, I have three uh, senior members of staff now who, who are kind of, managers within the different areas so i've got a cmo a coo and a cto uh so chief marketing uh chief operations and chief technical officers so basically those guys are kind of managing the the ins and outs of the day-to-day operations of the business and also the kind of mechanics to make the product work plus also you know obviously looking after the marketing and the sales direction to make sure that you know we're, we're moving forward um as a business um and my job as sort of CEO now is more focusing on the, the strategy, the, the overall direction, working with those guys to make sure that, you know, um, you know, any, any problems that we have kind of get uh, sorted out. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, historically, you know, this, the, I've sort of put this senior member of uh, senior, senior staff sort of in place probably about two years ago. And these guys have always worked with me anyway. So we kind of implemented more of a tiered structure. But before that, obviously, we were a lot smaller when it was kind of between, say, uh, five and five and 15 of us. You know, it was kind of more of a flat structure, whereas I kind of I kind of led the direction and, and you know, and the sort of all, the, those three different positions were me almost. Um, so, again, I think as you grow as an organization, you need to have some kind of structure in place. And, you know, I don't ever want to get to a level where the company is really corporate, you know, with lots of layers of management and mm. all that sort of stuff. Because I think it, we've still got a really good, fun company culture. You know, everyone um, is given a great deal of autonomy and allowed to kind of contribute ideas and, and have a say in how the company works and how the products are driven and all that sort of stuff. So, I think, um, you know, if, if you hire the right people, it's, it's all about getting the right people to fit in with your culture. 
uh, and give them that trust and allow them to to bring something to the table that has been kind of the secret sauce i think to to our success that's interesting as well because i think this is something that i've been guilty of myself where I think oh, I want this to be done a certain way. So I'm going yeah. to do it. I take responsibility for it. And you do yeah. it so much that it stops anyone else from being able to actually contribute. Mm. And then they feel like, oh, well, I'm just useless here. There's no point in me being here. And then overall, the team just begins to separate from there. I think it's really, yeah, especially, you know, sometimes because especially if you're building a product, you see it like it's like your baby, you know, and mm. um, it's really easy to be like, you know, I want it done that way. I want it done that way. But actually sometimes you know, if you can kind of completely commit to, you know, allow delegating and not worrying about certain parts of the, the business or certain aspects of a product, that can actually be quite liberating as an entrepreneur as well, because, you know, you're putting that trust in other people. They, they get a great sense of responsibility for, for what they're doing, which is good. And ultimately, you know, sometimes you can end up with, with a better quality product because they can sort of see things that you might not have done. Mm, that's very true that's very true now a question that i wanted to ask as well is with everything that's gone on with COVID 19 how do you personally and two as a business deal with difficulties like this for example okay yeah so it's obviously been a big shake-up for everyone we we've been lucky in the sense that you know we, we're normally office-based we have um we do encourage, you know, people do work from home occasionally, but we've never had it a situation where everyone's been out of office working from home for this length of time. So as a business, we were lucky because most of what we do is all cloud-based anyway. So actually we, I think it was on like the 15th of March or something, we did a trial day where everyone went work from home and we kind of identified if there was any sort of things that we hadn't seen, but it actually went really smoothly. So I'd say, um, you know, we've had to, focus more I think on communication and being a bit more organized because it's not the same as you know like normally if you're in the office you can kind of just have a quick chat with someone or shout across the room or you know have like a quick little meeting you know so you think you've got to be a bit more focused on you know how to communicate and stuff and we've had our ups and downs as well there's been a few situations where people feel like they've perhaps not been uh, you know not been communication not been communicating between different departments or you know people have forgotten to sort of source tell other people what they're doing and, and that's kind of caused I wouldn't say any, any major complications but a few issues here and there so it's it's really just about like trying to identify that if, we, if we're not being perfect in one area well how can we improve that and try and try and make that form of communication better but yeah I'd say it's it's certainly from for me as a, an entrepreneur I think you know moving forward <clears throat> will we go back to the sort of way we used to operate I don't think so I think we'll probably be working from home a lot more moving forward I think a lot of businesses are saying this actually they're sort of realizing that you know you don't need everyone there in an office between nine and five you know you can still have um you know staff can still be capable of doing their jobs and being just as motivated whilst they're at home mm. so i think it, i think it will definitely have a bit of a change for for everyone i do think it's interesting how adversity can actually help you improve even when yep. you don't intend to so you've hit this kind of wall of COVID 19 and you realize that, oh, you, you might not even need an office. Like that's even like just bills saved there. It's travel time that you're saving on. Like there's yeah. a lot of benefits, even though everyone's seen this initially as negative. Like, oh my God, I've got to work at home. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. There are, the, there are key benefits in everything. I think it's about focusing on the advantages of every situation. I think that's a very entrepreneurial thing to do as well. 
Yeah, you've got to try and draw. I mean, it's obviously horrible what's going on, but you've got to try and draw some positives and also see, you know, again, I think learning from things is really, really important. Just trying to sort of keep your ears open and, and be, as I say, don't just sort of see it as, oh, this is a this is a pain for us. We have to, you know, we're not in an office. So I think we'll always, I, 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 you know, the, the thing is interesting because people are asking, um, we're doing our sort of town hall meetings, what we call them. So it's basically where everyone kind of can, fill out feedback anonymously and ask questions or you know raise any issues that they feel feel are there and most most of the comments are sort of revolving around like well what's the plan moving forward you know and it's kind of like you know as a business it's quite tricky to actually give a definitive answer to that because i don't know you know i don't, I don't know what's going to happen but you know i certainly think that we will be changing the, the way we work move, moving forward i still think that having an office has its benefits you know like you can't sometimes getting people in the same room and getting great minds together and bouncing ideas around that's valuable you know and i still think you just it's not quite the same when you're on video chat you know mm, uh, but but you know it, it, i don't know if you think we're going to be definitely maybe going to switch to more of a hot desk style model where people can come into the office when when and if they need to um you know and some people if they want to work from home they can or if some people they want to be in the office all the time they can and just giving people more flexibility i think that's good that's it it's interesting because even like um, usually when I do the podcast, they've all been in person until obviously COVID nineteen happened. Yes. And for me, I love being in the same room with someone. The energy, like the way yeah. that he's talking, like I do feel like it is a bit different when you can actually see the person interact with them fully. Yeah. But at the same time, it all also has led me to opening up who I do the podcast with. So like cool. I'm on the podcast now with you. Usually yeah. I'd be like, yeah, can you come down all the way to Loughborough? And it probably wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. But <laughs> it's funny how things work well exactly you know i'm doing these 30 podcasts in 30 days and the guy i spoke to this morning uh was in australia you know so mm. completely other side of the world totally different time zone uh you know and i think that's kind of part of the benefit of of being able to to do podcasting you know is it, it allows you to expand your mind and speak to lots of people that you wouldn't normally get to speak to yeah definitely definitely now, I just realized we're coming up to the half an hour mark. So I was going to okay. ask you, right, if you could go back 10 years time and talk yeah. to yourself, what advice would you want to give yourself? But you've only got 10 seconds of conversation to do. Oh, stop stressing out so much about everything. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think, you know, I was really, back then I was very stressy about everything. I think I'm a lot more relaxed now. Uh, I think I just was putting so, so much pressure on myself um and you know it kind of because i was putting so much pressure on myself i was kind of almost you know shrouding shrouding what i was capable of doing maybe so i just say uh just stop stressing and just relax and go with the flow a bit more you know mm. that's what that's the advice i give myself 10 years ago when i was i would have been 22 then so oh, okay okay do you feel like the stress and the pressure was not beneficial to you then or do you feel like you work better when there's a little bit less pressure and stress I don't know. It's a good question. I think, you know, you know, when you're young, you've got, you know, I was at that stage where I was just like 10 years ago, I was probably at the point where I was about starting to hire my first member of staff. And I remember just planning to do this for like a year. And I, I was just really stressing out about the whole thing. I was like, you know, I don't know who to hire. It's so much responsibility. And what happens if I can't afford to pay them and this, that, and the other. And it was just like, just like all these like constant bombarding <laughs> my own head with, with all these things. So 
I don't know. I guess it, you, you know, arguably sometimes a little bit of stress is good. I think everyone knows that it can become, it can become uh, too much and, and become a problem, but sometimes it can keep you on your toes and, and uh, you know, it pushes you outside your comfort zone sometimes. So yeah, but uh, I think, but also I just, I remember just putting a tremendous amount of pressure on myself back then. And I think now I look back on it, it probably wasn't as necessary as I thought it was. Maybe. Mm. And how would you say that you stop putting pressure on yourself? How would you like, have that conversation with yourself? Well, I think, you know, like I personally, for me, when I sort of in personal development terms, I used to read lots of personal development books and stuff. And I used to really enjoy reading them, which was good in my kind of late teens and early 20s. And then I think when, you know, for me as, as, as an entrepreneur, look back at the past 10 years. Well, I used my 20s really just to grow as a person as well as grow as a business. And I think you kind of you learn more about how your own mind thinks. And as soon as you can kind of know your strengths and weaknesses and know how you kind of tick a bit more i think you just become everything just falls into place a bit more naturally rather than having mm. to kind of uh, freak out and figure out things you know yeah that's that makes true. sense so no no i get i do get what you mean i do i feel yeah. like i'm kind of on that point where things are just working out as they go like i don't have to worry so much about them because yeah i know what i'm capable of i know what i can do and I, what i can't do and it's really important to define those two. So when things start to go wrong, you, you understand that there's certain things which are out of your control. And you but really then also, thought- yeah, but then also, you know, a lot of people will go through their twenties and really just kind of not, not go through that process. They'll just kind of, you know, go off and just travel and just like not think about anything and just sort of, I think there's, you know, there's different, different, different ways. I, you know, I never did that. I was always very focused and driven. I wanted to grow a business and, you know, that I had those things that I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I've, been, I've been lucky. I've been quite fortunate in the last few years. I've been quite some very nice holidays. I've been around the world quite a bit. But certainly in the, the first half of my 20s, I was just really getting my head down and getting into things, you know, whereas some people just don't, do they? They just go off and, like, do whatever. Mm. You know, sit on a beach for five years and then think, oh, all right, I'm 25 now. I best do something, you know. Or, yeah. or, or, or even worse, I get to 30 and they're still living at home, you know. So, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, you know, it's different things for different people, isn't it, I think. But, yeah, that's kind of my, my perspective on it anyway. Mm. i'm guessing it feels much more rewarding like much much more rewarding when you know that you've built your own business you can go and hold in on that's well yeah. deserved and Absolutely. it's from your own money as well yeah totally yeah but then I, I remember as well you know in the early days i used to almost when i went on holiday I, it was almost a negative thing because i used to go away with my friends when i was like 19 20 and i wouldn't mm. be able to relax you know because this was just before the iphone and everything came out so back then you'd, i'd be sitting in internet cafes in like you know, dial up internet in, in, in a foreign country, trying to sort of run my business. And it'd be, everything would always go wrong the second I went away. And I'd be trying to like fix everything and it'd just be horrible. But, uh, you know, nowadays, you know, I'm lucky I could go away and sort of switch off, which I think is really important too. Yeah, that, there's something that I sometimes struggle with. I think it's beneficial, <laughs> but it is, it can also get out of hand very quickly because yeah. I'll be out with my friends and I'm just thinking, oh, I could have spent the last 10 minutes, like just, I don't know, like messaging people on Instagram or doing something else and like yeah. researching or reading and then you just, it's, it's in your mind, but it is important to learn how to switch off. Mm, totally. But, okay, so I wanted to ask you, you said you read a lot of personal development books in your kind of early 20s, late teens. Yeah. Like, what, is there any book that really stands out to you that was like, if I was going to recommend a book to anyone, this would be it? Well, I remember the, the four hour work week I found really good. There's probably a few. The four hour work week was great. Uh, there was one called Blink. I remember reading was pretty good. There was like a couple called The Rules of Work and The Rules mm-hmm. of Wealth, I think. 
I've read the rules uh, of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably the same author. He's yeah, Richard Templar, I think it is. Yeah, um, and uh, I remember reading a few Paul McKenna books as well. Paul McKenna, How to Get Rich, and Paul McKenna, How to Change Your Life in Seven Days, and this kind of thing. And then what else? Yeah, that is to say, like I kind of just went through this phase with like three years where I just read loads of those kind of books, and I think. You know, again, some of them I think resonate with you more than others. Some of them you're like, yeah, this is really, uh, really good stuff, and other others you're just like, eh, you know, yeah, not really no. for me. But um, I think you know, nowadays as well, I think my learning is like a lot more online. I, you know, I do a lot more video courses and watch YouTube videos and TED talks, and um, obviously listen to podcasts as well. You know, so 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 kind of I don't read as many books now, but I think a lot of the information is is available online, and actually more of it, I think, too. So, do you think it's more beneficial? for you personally to use online resources rather than books? Cause I know books are, it is almost kind of old fashioned, but a lot of people are very like, uh, yeah. Oh, you need to read books. Books are the way that you learn books are the yeah. way that you grow. I think, uh, I don't think books are going anywhere, but again, you know, if you look at like Amazon and how they've allowed pretty much anyone, you know, I've got a book on Amazon, right. About podcasting, really? which we published. Yeah. Which we published in I think September last year. But, you know, that's the thing. Anyone now can have a book and you don't even... The, the crazy thing about the Amazon platform is you write the book as a digital thing and then you upload it and then obviously someone orders it and it just gets printed and sent to that person like all completely automatically. And that's just really? mind-blowing, mind isn't it? That's <laughs> but uh, as a result, it means that not everything necessarily on there is always going to be the best quality. You can really... There's some stuff that on there that's great, but then there's also a lot of rubbish on there as well, to be completely frank, you know. Yeah, no, that is very true. That's very true. I mean, to be fair, I'm going to be linking the your book in the description, the bio, whatever okay. it is. Yeah. So we'll hope that that isn't rubbish. <laughs> I'm sure no, that's good. Got some... it's, it's good. It's good. It's, if you want to start a podcast, it's a kind of, kind of complete A to Z guide on exactly how to do that. Basically talks all about concepts through to like what equipment to get through to how to then push it onto the internet, etc. So... Um, so, I have to get a copy yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I'll send you a free copy. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> but yeah, okay, okay. And from those books and videos and learning, is there any key takeaways that you'd like to share? Um, for, uh, hang on, can you give me a bit of perspective on that? What do you mean key takeaways from like... So just, is it like... Just if you think about the books that you read, was it has it ever been something that you've read that's just stuck with you? Like do you, sometimes you read a course, sometimes there's like a little section, and it just hits you, and you're like, damn. And it, it you think about it like every time you think about that book. Is there anything like that that really stands out to you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't. It's hard to single down a, a, like one specific thing, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you know, I I've always. I've just always been a big believer in um, being like get, being w working, having a good work ethic and just actually being dis self-disciplined about, you know, especially in the early days, uh, you need to make sure that you're actually working according to a schedule and actually, you know, again, this is one of the negative things about working from home for some people that can get a bit blurred. You can end up sit, sat there all day in your pajamas. I have always been a you know, big believer in like, you know, working according to a schedule and making sure that you, you give it your all during that time really. Hmm. I can't remember if I, I read that in a book or if it's just something I <laughs> felt, but you know, I think uh, that, that that's always been important to me anyway. Do, I'm having, having separation between your work and your life. I think that's good. That's good. Yeah. And now I'm sure I'll help you switch off as well yeah, in those times so. where you're on break, but do you have a morning routine by any chance? 
No, not particularly. I don't. Do <laughs> I just normally wake up, have a coffee, get showered, and get to work. I don't oh, really. Fair enough, fair. I don't. I don't do any like yoga or anything. I tried yoga actually recently for the first ever time because they were. Uh, you know, everyone's doing it now, aren't they? <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't have like a particular routine. I just sort of, uh, you know, just 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 make sure. The one thing I do is I love. I don't. I've never lost out on sleep, so I love sleeping. I think sleep's really important, and I always think, you know, some sometimes you get you hear people like staying pulling all nighters, just working really hard, or like, you know, working till eleven p.m. every night or whatever. And I just think sometimes you've got to you've got to sleep because you need to give your body a chance to recharge. So that's kind of like one thing that's always been important to me. Mm. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Uh, my advice to you is if you do like reading books one book that I've, i'll definitely recommend is um the miracle morning by hal elrod okay right? there's a, th- it's my kind of morning routine of what i do it you can adapt it to however you want but i think it is actually really effective and it's simple right? i can break it down for you now if you want or i'll, I'll let you read the book it's up to you i'll give you the choice oh. I'll, I'll read the book. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It, I've never it, heard of that one. So that that's something that stuck out to me when I read it like two years ago, something like that. And I still stick to that routine from that book. So it clearly has actually stuck with me, and it's been able to have a good impact on my life. I would say. Great, impressive. Yeah, so, that's good. Definitely, definitely. Right. That's what it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks so much Thank for you, coming man. out and taking Thank the time. Well, I appreciate it. Me. Uh, yeah nice one well all the links to the stuff that we mentioned will be in the um description below make sure you check it out and if you want to get a pod if you want to start your own podcast check out his book and make sure you get on matchmaker.fm because that's actually where i met um james and started having a conversation with him yeah. about this yeah, so, yeah cool. definitely re- reach out and connect but thanks again for coming on cheers see you